1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 18 to 42. Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed, because your seat will be empty. On the third day, go down quickly to the place where you hid yourself when the matter was in hand, and remain beside the stone heap. And I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I will send the boy, saying, Go find the arrows. If I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are on this side of you. Take them. Then you are to come, for as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, and there is no danger. But if I say to the youth, Look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter of which you and I have spoken, behold, the Lord is between you and me forever. So David hid himself in the field. And when the new moon came, the king sat down to eat food. The king sat on his seat, as at other times, on the seat by the wall. Jonathan sat opposite, and Abner sat by Saul's side. But David's place was empty. Yet Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought something has happened to him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. But on the second day, the day after the new moon, David's place was empty. And Saul said to Jonathan his son, Why has not the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? And Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go, for our clan holds a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. So now, if I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away and see my brothers. For this reason, he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered Saul, his father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul hurled his spear at him to strike him. So Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. And Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with David and with him a little boy. And he said to his boy, Run and find the arrows that I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the boy came to the place of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, do not stay. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing, only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to him, Go and carry them into the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from behind the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between you and me, 
and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow. Man, another like... (laughs) Heavy hitter, baby. Man, it's like, you know, the Bible's so good. Um, (laughs) Like when I was reading that other section where it was like, Jonathan is, is telling Saul the very thing that David said, tell him this mm-hmm. and see if he gets angry. And you can just feel oh, like yeah. Saul is hearing this yeah, and he's getting angry yeah, yeah. and he's about to explode. And sure yeah. enough, he does. And then like, also like he comes off the bat with you son of a perverse and rebellious woman. I know. <laughs> like that's a, sounds dangerously close to a modern day slang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, he's mad. <laughs> yeah, he is mad. And actually, that part did stand out to me. And again, just a great like reminder of like, okay, how do we read like narrative scripture? Um, you know, the things that you learned in English class are kind of helpful. Like he uses this phrase yeah. of like nakedness. And like, what did we just read a few days ago? Mm. Um, was Saul prophesying and laying naked before Samuel yeah. and the prophets. And in here he's saying, you know, to the shame of your mother's nakedness. So just this like picture of like, yeah, he's, he's saying that Jonathan is basically, he should be ashamed. Yeah. You know, he has done something shameful. He's done something wrong. Yeah. And in reality, like we've already seen this picture of the fact that like Saul is the one walking in shame. Yes. He is the one who should be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, not Jonathan. And uh, I don't know, that's kind of a good word in, in, in moments where you are doing like the godly thing, when you're doing the right thing, when you are um, living in line um, with God's, with God's anointed plans Mm. and namely, you know, who's the anointed one, Jesus Christ, you know, he's the Messiah, he's the anointed one. And so when you're following Christ, like, I mean, you are going to be put to shame by some people. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happened um, to Jonathan here, even though he will be vindicated by the Lord at the, on the last day, you know, for what he did. Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. So there's this moment where between the Saul and Jonathan exchange where Saul, he, he says like, as long as the son of Jesse, David is on the earth, you nor your kingdom will be established. Mm -hmm. So he kind of appeals to the like power hungry, mm. you know, I guess dynamic mm-hmm. of Jonathan and don't you want to be king? Yeah, boy? yeah, literally, literally, <laughs> yeah. that's what he's saying. Is like, like you're not gonna be in power. Like your yeah. your throne is gonna be taken from you. And then and you know Jonathan protests, saying like, mm. why should he be put to death? What has he done? And then Saul tries to kill Jonathan. <laughs> he throws a spear at him. Yeah. And so mm. it, it's you know such like this thinly veiled like, hey, I have your best interest in mind. You know, like mm-hmm. I want you to be king, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan's you know pushes back, and then Saul's like, actually, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um. Gosh, yeah, like there's there's just so much there and it's all culminating from these themes that we've been talking about. I mean, we see the humility of Jonathan, the, like the the golden apple of don't you want to be king is presented to him. And what does he appeal to? He appeals to David's innocence mm-hmm. and, and to justice. Why should he be put to death? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he, he's he's clearly a righteous man and a, a just man. And then, you know, we have Saul who is completely 
you know, like how, how much do you disregard the power and authority of God at this point? Mm -hmm. If you know that David is God's anointed Mm -hmm. and yet like you're trying everything in your power to prohibit him from, um, being King, you you know, like there's just a, a clear lack there. There's no fear of God Mm -hmm. and there's an immense fear of man. And, you know, it's, it's just ironic because like David's not trying to be King, you know, he's not, he's not running any campaigns. He's not, he, no bone in his body wants to usurp Saul. Mm -hmm. And and it's just that clear insecurity and shame that comes with selfish ambition. Mm -hmm. And I just can't help but think of like when Jesus was going to the cross and, you know, what has this man done? You know, he's, he's innocent. Yeah. And they're like, crucify him yeah he he needs to die and a lot of the heart behind that was power was a desire for power um looking for power in the wrong place um looking for kingdom and uh security and the throne uh through the sticking with with rome or or being with this group or being with that group instead of recognizing the lord's anointed and and so they they burned um, in their hearts to put him to death. And the amazing thing though, post that story is, uh, Peter, you know, he, in acts, he tells them, you know, you crucified this Lord. <laughs> he goes through and explains how Jesus was the, the appointed Messiah. And he was the, uh, fulfillment of all of these promises. All yeah. of these things pointed to him. He did not see decay and he's risen again. And you're the ones who put him to death. Mm-hmm. And, and and because because we're no different than Saul, um, in many ways, we we do this. We are power hungry. We are selfish. We don't uh, submit to all of the Lord's ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. as much as we want to identify with like David and Jonathan here, um, you know that's that's not the pattern of our life. And the beauty of it though is that in the in the passage where Peter's talking to the people they say, well, what should we do? And he's like, repent yeah. <laughs> and be baptized. In a sense, like turn from this and and come under the rule, you know, be be baptized, be anointed, be marked out as this people again, under yeah. the rule of this king, submit to the king again. Um, and so that's the the good news in, in light of how we are, we can be like Saul, is that there's a chance to repent. There's a chance to turn Amen. back to the king. Um, and really, it's not a one-time thing though. You know, that's, that's the rest of our Christian life um, is, is turning back um, when we are, when we are tempted this way. Yeah. You know, uh, in Saul's words, I think the, the words of the serpent from Genesis three really ring through. Mm -hmm. You could be like God Mm -hmm. knowing good from evil. And and here's, he's essentially saying you could be King. Mm -hmm. You could be like God. And that, you know, is, is what, what reigns through, you know, today mm-hmm. and, you know, people who ultimately are, you know, there's been this huge moment, uh, over the past several years of, of, you know, sort of like deconstruction or deconversion or whatever you'd want to call it. But I hate those, both of those terms. Um, but anyways, like. There's kind of this moment, and I think it's actually less of like people losing a genuine faith in Christ. 
and it, it's you know though there's instances of that but it, it's I think oftentimes especially among people that I know it's these really cheap you know messiahs and, and mm-hmm. cheap examples of, of Jesus or the church or whatever and then they begin to hear this this narrative you could be like God mm-hmm. and, and you know you can decide what's good yeah, you yeah. can decide what's evil mm-hmm. and that is the you know what leads us astray that's what leads us into shame mm-hmm. that's what destroys Saul is he wants to decide what's good and what's evil he wants to decide who's good and who's evil and to pick the sides and to call the shots mm-hmm. and you know beware of that <laughs> like mm-hmm. that is that is still uh, a voice that calls out to me every day and to you to and to everyone listening that like don't you don't you want to be like god mm-hmm. not in like a godly sense but a godlike sense mm-hmm. like don't you want to be able to do what god don't you want that authority mm-hmm. and that power and what an example we have in jonathan here of of saying what about justice mm-hmm. what about righteousness what has david done yeah and yeah i just you know let that be our example like moving forward from this mm-hmm. um yeah. Yeah. amen amen that's a good that's a good word to end on um well for will carlisle i'm jeremy brooks thanks for listening thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.